The Daily Tap is live for Friday. It is February 10th. We are talking about the Milwaukee Bucks acquiring Jay Crowder, what that means for a team moving forward, what impact we can expect, when will Jay Crowder play, and much, much more. We will also talk about the Bucks' big win against the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll talk a little bit Bucks Clippers tonight. We'll also give out some golden kegs. We'll talk about my courtside appearance at the UWM Detroit game. Just observation, thoughts. First time I was courtside. So I'll talk about that a little bit uh, in better detail uh, later in the show. Then we'll preview the rest of the weekend from a college hoops perspective. And we will ride out of here. That will be today's show. It'll be nice. It'll be nice and tight. I also, I also have a little bit of an announcement at the very end. Uh, I'll squeeze it in at the end. Uh, something I've been thinking about. Something that... I will start working on um, that you will start seeing uh, if you follow us on social media. That's a great thing uh, to remind you guys. Uh, We are on social media uh, wherever you get your uh, social, whether it's Twitter, uh, Tabbing the Keg, Tabbing the Keg Sports on Instagram as well as TikTok. We are also on Facebook at that same name. Uh, And then uh, you can rate, review, subscribe. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. If you're new to the program, you found us through, you know, any of the things we're doing um, and you're like, hey, I want to check out this podcast. Uh, We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on wherever else you get your podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, doesn't matter. We are there. So make sure that you are subscribed. Um, And yeah, if you feel so kindly, leave a review. We'd really appreciate that. Or also share with your friends. Um, tell tell people about what we have going on. So we will uh, get into the announcement that it will change a little bit of that social and podcast stuff at the very end of today's show. Let's talk about Jay Crowder first, though. Jay Crowder, finally a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, Jay Crowder gets acquired by the Bucks. It was for five picks overall. Uh, some are spread. Two, or Brooklyn gets five second round picks. Some of them are from the Bucks. Some of them are from Indiana. Uh, Indiana also got George Hill, got Serge Ibaka, and they also received Jordan Nora. Uh, they bought out uh, Serge Ibaka already, so Serge Ibaka will likely be on a playoff team um, and take his bones with him. Uh, Serge Ibaka has not really been, been good uh, for two years now, and you know, I, I, it was weird. Serge even wanted to come back. We talked about Serge. We're not here to talk about him today. But the Bucks found a suitor, and it involved Jay Crowder. And that was the deal all along. That was the deal on the table uh, that Sham Sarania reported last week that they had for the Phoenix Suns. And it's clear to me, I think, with the Suns, the reason why I don't think that deal happened is because of what had transpired with the Kevin Durant trade. Now, we didn't talk about that on uh, the Tabby the Keg podcast. It was classic that Mitch said it was going to be a quiet deadline uh, when it clearly was not. It did not end up that way. It was nothing but a, a, a quiet deadline. Only two teams, Chicago and Cleveland, interesting, both in Milwaukee's division, did not make a move. Toronto did make a move uh, acquiring Jacob Pirtle, but they didn't trade any of their, their guys. And there was basically reports out of Toronto and Chicago that both teams thought that they could contend now that Kevin Durant was no longer in the East and that it opened up opportunity for the Eastern Conference. It kind of flipped on its head. Like it, you know, the Stranger Things comparison is cliche, but it became the upside down world. And 
the West all of a sudden is loaded. I Mitch had said the West wasn't that stacked, and I kind of agreed with him. And then my gosh, Shannon was like, "No, no, no, the West is stacked." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, I was wrong on that. I gotta, I have to take the L there." And yeah, it's the West is now loaded. The East has suddenly become Milwaukee, Boston, with Philadelphia kind of there. Like I wouldn't say Philly is on the same level as Milwaukee and Boston, but they are. They're still hanging around. They're still involved, and they think they have the best record since like mid-December of any team in the NBA. So you have to at least acknowledge Philadelphia. And then Cleveland is tiered below that along with the, and I think they're like Cleveland's on separate tier. I think New York is kind of lumped in with maybe, I would want to say Atlanta, but that's about it. And then I would, then the next tier is that Toronto Chicago uh, team. But back to Jay Crowder, like this, this was exactly, you know, what, the Bucks had hoped for. And I think the Suns didn't want to do the deal because they were waiting on what bigger deal they were going to do, whether it was going to be John Collins, whether it was going to be OG Ananobi. And then they landed on Kevin Durant, which is absolutely crazy and absolutely absurd. But I think that's part of the reason they were kind of holding in a holding pattern and kind of forcing the Suns maybe to do the deal, um, whether it was you know on either side or the Suns were trying to get another team involved. They also didn't know if they were going to need Jay Crowder in the trade, which they did. And then he ended up getting flipped from Brooklyn to Milwaukee uh, for that asset of picks. It was kind of funny too when Durant got traded and Jay Crowder was involved. Well. I was like, oh, there goes Jay Crowder to the Bucks. It's like, it was very, uh, I'm not saying it is like you don't know ball, but like, come on, man. Like you have to like understand how basketball works. Like you you have to understand that it's like these guys move, man. It's not you have to at least. I think Kevin Knox was ended ended up with three teams. He ended up on the Warriors, but it was after he was going to get traded to Portland, I think, and then he came back, and now now he's in now he's in Golden State. So that shit happens all the time. And the Bucks finally did the deal that they wanted to do all along. They didn't have to give up Grayson Allen. They didn't have to give up first pick, first round pick. Uh, they didn't have to give up Marshawn Bochamp. They did everything that you could have wanted with that deal. So now what comes next? When, what is the Jay Crowder impact? Where, where will we see Jay Crowder fitting in? Well, the obvious is that he is going to help out against teams who have big physical wings. The Clippers, who the Bucks play tonight, uh, no Kawhi, so it's a little bit, it's a little downplayed. Uh, you don't have both of those wings like Kawhi and Paul George. When you have Jason Tatum, as well as Jalen Brown, when you have, you know, the Sixers, when you have the what the Cleveland Cavaliers bring, like he adds a physicality. Giannis called him a bully after the game in the nicest way possible. And the comparisons for to PJ Tucker and the impact that PJ Tucker had are apparent. It's it is really sort of exactly it's a replicate, right? Like it, the Bucks are kind of running back the 2021 game plan, and and I I don't really I don't really blame them. Um, I, I don't blame them at all, right? I, I think that is exactly what you would want to do, what you, what you hope to do. Like you look at what you what was missing from that 2022 team. Now, I will caveat that I think we all have all know that the Bucks probably win a championship if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt like last year. I think they go back to back. And which is crazy to think about. And I think a three-peat would honestly be on the table. Like as crazy as that fucking sounds, I truly think that the Bucks were the best team in the NBA last year. And the Warriors thank their lucky stars every day that Chris Middleton got hurt. As well as the Boston Celtics, because it elevated Jason Tatum. It elevated it it kind of got 
fans off the Celtics ass a little bit about their progression and they've always kind of stalled out. They were a little Packers-ish, right? Where they were always in the mix. They were, whether it was conference finals, whether it was semifinals, they were always there, but they never really finished. And now I think it gives them a little bit of breathing room, even though it's, I think it's a little bit ridiculous given the fact Celtics have a very young uh, core with Tatum and Brown. But so, so Milwaukee Bucks running back the 2021 playbook is not a bad thing. I mean, that, that's exactly, exactly what you should do. What got us to a championship? Oh, it was having a physical guy who added a little bit of asshole to our bench. We need more of that. We need to have that bully. And now that's what Jay Crowder is going to do. He's going to defend. He's going to create problems, you know, on the defense. I know that there, some people think that Crowder might have slipped the older age, right? He's 32 years old. There is a chance that he might, you know, take a step back. But you also have to remember, this is now Jay Crowder defending on the wing with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brook Lopez in the middle. That makes defending a lot easier, right? It, it's not as hard. And it's not like Jay Crowder is probably going to have to play as many minutes as P.J. Tucker did because you have Wes Matthews as well, right? You can throw Joe Ingles out there. Even though Joe Ingles is not a great defender, Pat Conton not a great defender, you can throw a bunch of different combinations on people and you're still going to be good. The Bucks can close with Jay Crowder, but they also could close with Wes Matthews. They could close with both those guys. Now, that's probably risking it offensively, but if someone got hurt, right, you kind of have that protection. And I think that is really important for Milwaukee. And I just, I love the move. And if you could figure out how to get Jay Crowder back to being that corner three-point shooter, that'd be great, right? He kind of struggled last year, tailed off in terms of a three-point shot. But if Crowder can kind of get it back and start feeling good again, that's awesome. And it also seems like this is where Jay Crowder wanted to be. Uh, it seems like Jay Crowder wanted to be in Milwaukee. Like that was his goal in mind. He wanted to be a buck. Um, I asked people who, I don't know if, you know, Shafty knows anything, but I thought I asked like, Hey, did Mark had influence this? He said, I don't think it mattered, but I, 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 I kind of pushed back on that. I, I didn't argue with him on Twitter about it because I was like, whatever. I don't know how much he knows, how much he doesn't know. But I, I think that Shaka Smart talking to him about what's going on at the Marquette program and how, you know, they would love to have him back and love to have him contribute. Yeah, I, the Steve Wojciechowski relationship with the Buzz Marquette guys was not good. Uh, Jimmy Butler really doesn't like Marquette anymore um, for whatever reason. And I think it's Buzz influence. And Jay Crowder was a bit distant with Marquette as well. Um, it wasn't like Dominic James, Wes Matthews, was Jarrell McNeil, like we've seen with the older, like the first generation of sort of the new age Marquette basketball post Dwayne Wade. Like those guys are, and Dwayne Wade and Diener, you know, you see the, all of them. But that buzz area is kind of missing. And part of it is because Jimmy Butler, I guess, doesn't want anything to do with Marquette, which is fine. That's whatever. Jimmy Butler's a weirdo. And But having Jay Crowder back in, in the mix, and you know, you'll, I'm sure we'll see him at a game, whether whether it's the Xavier game on the 15th. Bucks do have to go to Chicago the next day, so I don't know. Maybe he'll be traveling. Or uh, did a Paul game, because I think that's – is that All-Star Weekend? No. Bucks will be playing. But but anyways, you will see Jay Crowder – basically what I'm trying to say is you will see Jay Crowder at, at Marquette basketball games, right? Just like you see Wes Matthews, who is at National Marquette Day. Like, you will see Jay Crowder in attendance and in the building. And he – I think one of his tweets was like, MU Nation and Bucks Nation, like, let's go. Excited to be home. Like, he called Milwaukee home. So – this guy wants to be here. This guy wanted to be a Milwaukee Buck, and you can't put a price on that. And I think that just 
it fuels you, it motivates you. And I know that they'll be like, all right, it's going to take Jay Crowder some time to get going. I, I think the Bucks have nothing but time right now. They're a little light um, in terms of their team because, you know, you don't have Nora, you don't have George Hill. So you have other guys that need to step up. Mamu played a lot last night. but I, He only played 13 minutes, but felt like he played like 20. Uh, Marjan Bochamp's going to get some time. Um, actually, we'll talk about both in the Golden Keg segment. But but still, like you're going, it'll be fine. Like you have three games before the All Star break. Maybe you get Bobby Portis back uh, after the All Star break, so that helps things. Uh, also, it'll be funny to see Bobby and Jay on the same team because they wanted to rip each other's throats off uh, last year in, in the or two years ago in the finals. So there, there might have to be a coup de gras on that. I'm sure they won't care. Like teammates are teammates, right? But. You, you will just sort of see when Jay Crowder will come back. And it's ironic, too, uh, that the two games out of the All-Star break are at home against Miami and Phoenix uh, Friday and Sunday, uh, Jay Crowder's last two teams. So will that be when Jay Crowder comes back, or will it kind of have to be a month the Bucks need to get him into a conditioning program, and it's more like, He's going to join the Bucks on the West Coast trip they have, where they go to Golden State, Sacramento, and Phoenix. Uh, it, you know, in mid March is that when we'll see Jay Crowder. Is it, you know, Philadelphia uh, on the fourth? I personally, selfishly, would like to see Jay Crowder back for that Miami Phoenix. Like I think start him up after the All Star break. But I, I know the Bucks are really they really want guys on their conditioning plan. They want guys you know, ramped up and PJ, it took some time. Now he also had an injury uh, that he suffered, I think at practice, you had to have to go back and look, but there was a lot of layers to why PJ Tucker didn't play for a while for the Bucks. It was frustrating as a Bucks fan. I remember that in 2021, but I, I do think that they'll, they'll get Jay Crowder here sooner rather than later. But I think to expect him to play against Boston or Chicago on the 14th or the 16th is very ambitious. I don't think we can, I don't think we can assume that he is going to play in those games. I think Miami is the best case scenario, uh, but if it has to be March, you know, early March, mid-March, uh, that, that's going to be okay too. I, I think he's going to have fresh legs. It's going to take him time to get acclimated not only to Bud's system, but also to just playing basketball again, right? He hasn't played basketball in since last May. So, it, it, you know, I'm sure he's working on his game. I'm sure he's developing stuff, but that's to play real basketball. I think it's important to have Jay Crowder out there as sooner rather than later, personally. I'm not going to talk about buyout guys because I want to do that as a its own segment. Um, probably Monday, um, honestly. I know it's going to be a Super Bowl and everything's going on, but I think you as Wisconsin sports fans don't really care about how I feel about the Super Bowl. Like you can listen to Rosillo, you can listen to Simmons. This is part of my take. You can listen to any of the NFL shows. You can listen. You know, you know what I mean. Like you don't need to hear from me. So I think we'll do Bucks buyout guys on on Monday Monday show, uh, barring anything crazy happening over the weekend, and talk through like what are the best buyout options. Because I do think the Bucks still need guys. They have roster spots open, uh, so it's, it's going to be a little bit thin. I don't think the buyout guys can come on until March March the first. So it's it's going to be a little bit here. Uh, in terms of what moves will be made from a buyout perspective. But I, I do think there are areas of opportunity to push this team forward and continue to build the bench. The Bucks had other deals out in the mix. Um, you know, I I had heard, I actually like tweeted out, like I'm no newsbreaker, but I, I had heard that they were really wanting Bojan Bogdanovic, um, that they had a deal out there for Grayson Allen and a first uh, for Bojan. Uh, and it, it just 
it just didn't happen. Like it, it just did not did not come come to it. It sucks that you know that asking price for him was so high. It doesn't really make sense if you're the if if you're the Detroit Pistons. Like where are you fucking going? Like try to try to like get some value for this guy. And it was it was really interesting that that was sort of what they what they were looking after. So I I'm I'm very curious to to see what what the outcome of Boyan comes. Maybe maybe it's involved, but yeah. Um it it's it would have been a nice add, but I, I think the Bucks are are better off keeping their first round pick because you just never know. And you never know when maybe you need it again. So I'm okay that Boyan is not on this team, but I it was curious that Detroit's asking price for him was so high. I think Detroit, as well as some of the others, you know, can be qualified as a loser of this trade deadline. Uh, and then, yeah, the and I guess they were making a late run at Fred Van Vliet. I don't know what that package would have looked like. Um, they said the Bucks tried hard. Uh, that's really interesting, right? I think Fred Van Vliet, it would have been a complete flamethrower off the bench. Uh, it was the guy that we had mentioned on Tabby the Keg a little bit, and we said, oh, it would be Jeff Supon, right? He would, he'd come to the Bucks and he'd just, after tearing up the Bucks in the playoffs, he'd be absolutely terrible. Uh, but I think Masai Ujiri needs to figure out, you know, what what asking price actually makes sense. Like, is Masai basically Danny Ainge? Like, are they the same guy where they just ask for way too much and they can't actually get deals done? Although credit to Ainge, he did get the the Westbrook deal done, sending Malik Beasley. They'll buy out Westbrook, right? Um, he, there's no way Westbrook's going to be a member of the Utah Jazz uh, with his relationship with that fan base. But it's also hilarious that Danny Ainge is like, I don't care. Like, I want to do this deal. I want to get some picks. And yeah, I, I think Masai just, you know, dropped the ball incredibly. Um, and we went, we said earlier, the Raptors think they can contend. I don't think so. I, I don't, I think Nick Nurse and that team do not see eye to eye. Um, so we'll see. Maybe, maybe the Raptors going to run here and maybe it's a team we have to worry about. But I do not think that is a team at this point to be concerned. So yeah, only one deal, but I don't, I would still qualify the Bucks as a winner because they got themselves better and they've won now nine straight games. They look like the best team in the NBA. Um, and it's hard to argue that right now. And they're only a one game out of the uh, number one seed from the Boston Celtics, who they play next Tuesday night. Speaking of these Bucks, uh, they won last night against the Los Angeles Lakers, 115 to 106. Uh, they got done with a awesome second half. Uh, the Bucks outscored the Lakers 38 to 23 in the third quarter. They really chose violence in that second half um, after trailing uh, to Lakers by six in the first half. People were kind of worried. People were kind of concerned. Uh, and there really was no reason to worry. There was really no reason to panic. Uh, it, I think Bucks fans, you know, freak the fuck out when it just doesn't work out early on. And I think as long as you don't have like that first quarter against Charlotte, uh, it's going to be okay, right? And the Bucks make adjustments. The Bucks figure it out. Giannis is really good at sort of adjusting to what how the teams are playing it, playing him in the second half. And the Bucks were fantastic in that half and then they started hitting hitting some shots um they weren't good from three all night 12 of 47 but they hit enough threes in that third quarter to kind of start distancing themselves from a jv lakers team and i think also it's a credit to the bucks for not playing with their food right um you they they you could argue maybe they did in that first half but there was a long layoff and i the bucks have struggled in the past you know past bucks seasons when they have a few days off, it is not usually something that goes well for them. They usually kind of scuffle and, and not do, you know, not 
perform in the way that you expect them to. So I, I'm not surprised at that slow start. Um, I do think if you know all the guys play tonight against Clippers, I think you're going to see a much more energized Bucks team in the first half. Um, but I, I, I do think that that was part of it. I also think like there has to be a psychological thing about, oh yeah, we can kick these guys' ass when you don't have LeBron in the court. Uh, they don't have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. Like, they made all these moves and they only had, I think, seven guys. They ended up having eight guys play in this game. Oh no, nine, excuse me. But like, it's, it's Max Christie starting. It's Troy Brown Jr. It's Rui Hachimura. It's, uh, you know, Austin Reeves, who actually had a pretty good game. And Lonnie Walker, who also had a kind of a good game. So it's like, they, they still had a bunch of dudes, uh, uh, you know, playing in this game, but they're not anywhere, you know, going to be part of that rotation once everybody gets in. Some of them might be like Reeves and Walker, but like, yeah, I don't know. I was just AD, Giannis obviously owned AD. Um, the AD Giannis conversation is not existent. I don't think you can have it. I think AD is so far away from being a quote unquote rival of Giannis. We talked about rivals in yesterday's podcast. Uh, so go and listen to that. I think it was a it was a fun exercise that Mitch and I did. Uh, and AD, I don't think can even be, I don't know if AD's in the top 10. I really don't. Uh, I just think he is a role player at this point. Um, he is, he's a talent, he's talented as hell, but I don't know. I don't think Anthony Davis could win himself, win a championship with anybody. I don't even think, I don't know if he could be a playoff team by himself. I, I really don't. Uh, so that's, it's interesting uh, that Anthony Davis has kind of had this, this fall from grace, if you will. And yeah, I, I think that's part of, you know, just showing the development of Giannis and the growth of Giannis. Like Anthony Davis, maybe not shouldn't be at Giannis level, but he should be, he should be better. And he just kind of stayed the same, uh, which is interesting. But uh, so now I have the Clippers tonight. Uh, I don't know if everyone's going to play. I haven't seen the injury report. Uh, I hope the Bucks play everybody. I think there's a case to have everybody play. You have no Kawhi tonight. Uh, you're on a nine-game winning streak. I could see Chris Middleton not playing because of a back-to-back, but I do think you need to acclimate Chris Middleton in case you do have back-to-back playoff games. It's rare that they would, but I do think it's important to start seeing if Middleton can go back-to-back. He did play 25 minutes tonight, uh, so that was a ramp-up uh, from 20. Uh, so we're getting closer and closer. I don't know if they're going to continue to stick Middleton on the bench just because they need sort of the scoring there because without Bobby Portis. I, I don't hate it, honestly. Uh, Middleton has like is playing in clutch time. He was there. It was him, Drew, and Giannis late in that game last night. So I don't I don't have any qualms if they are going to uh, they're going to keep Middleton on the bench with you know not having Bobby Portis. It it doesn't really bother me. But I'd like to see him play tonight. But I could see a situation where he sits. Joe Ingles plays, you know, and everybody else plays. And then it's kind of just load managing that knee. Because then you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So you get four days off to rest that knee. Then you have Boston, Chicago, and then you get the All-Star break. So that's it's a pretty, you know, basically hope by end of All-Star break, it's like Middleton's back to, you know, playing anywhere from 30 to 35 minutes a game. I, I think that that is the plan. Um, I don't know. I'm not in, not in the locker room. I'm not... I'm not talking to Bucks personnel, but I, if I had to assume, it would be Middleton sits tonight, um, and everybody else plays, and then you have Middleton, you know, back to starting lineup against Miami next Friday night on the 24th. As for Golden Kegs from this game, uh, Giannis on the Kumbo three keg, uh, no doubt about it. And by the way, if you don't know Golden Kegs, Golden Kegs is where we give out the best and worst Bucks for from the game. Uh, three kegs being the best, one keg being the worst. 
Uh, so yeah, Giannis, definite three keg, uh, 38 points on 23 shots. Uh, he had 10 rebounds, he had six assists. Extremely efficient game from Giannis. He was really, really doing all the right things. Like it was just, it was a really fun Giannis game. Uh, him taking Witten Gabriel into the post um, in the fourth quarter to close it out was fantastic. Uh, there was just a lot of like, in all Giannis plays out there. Uh, he played really great in this basketball game. So Giannis, three kegs for sure. Two kegs. I'm going to go with Mamu. I was going to do Sandro Manasvili. There you go. Got it. But Mamu. So he only had six points. He played 13 minutes. He had three boards. Like the stat line, you know, we could have went Middleton, right? He had 22. Could have went Drew Holiday at 18. He really had second half. 18, 7, and 7, 2 for Drew. Pretty good numbers. But Drew did it on 16 shots, which I'm not usually a fan of if, you know, guys score a bunch. But let's talk about why I chose Mamu instead of those guys. I thought Mamu looked confident out there. Like, I, I didn't look at it and say, okay, like, he's, this is like, he's over his skis here. Like, he looked like the game was fast enough for him. And now maybe it was because it's against the Lakers JV and maybe it'll look different when they're facing off against the Clippers. But it was a nice little wrinkle. It was interesting that it seemed like Mamu was ready ready for the moment. It did not seem like the moment was too big for him. He seemed he seemed very confident, very confident. Uh, it was really nice to see. And it, it's an interesting it's an interesting little twist. Now, do I think Mamu can play in the playoffs? Probably not. He's not really good defensively. But is it, it, can he add a little bit of spark? He He's the spark plug, right? Like he goes after rebounds. He tries to get to the bucket. He he runs the, runs the break. Like I'm not saying that you want to use Mamu in a lot of playoff situations, but maybe when you need a spark, when you need a guy just to come and crash the boards and, you know, get out on the break when you can. He's also a really good passer. Uh, I think that gets lost. So who knows, right? Uh, but I, I don't... I don't know if this is just a one game thing. If this is just the Bucks, you know, have a short bench and they need guys to play. I think I think Mamu could potentially, you know, have have a couple of moments here down the stretch. We'll have to see. Uh, it, it'll obviously be dependent on what they do in the buyout market and you know Bobby and Bobby Portis's return. But yeah, I think Mamu Mamu can kind of ball out there. He looked he looked competent. He looked the part even in just 13 minutes. One uh, K goes to Marjan Bochamp. So Marjan Bochamp only played five minutes, but it was not great. Uh, it was a really rough five minutes. Uh, he ended up scoring one three, but it was it was an ugly. It was just a really ugly five minutes. He he really scuffled out there. Uh, did not did not look like ready to play basketball, and it's kind of a bummer because it was a obviously a good opportunity for Bochamp to get out there and play and, you know, make sort of, make some waves, right? Yeah, you have a short bench, no Joe Ingles tonight, uh, no Jordan Aura. Like, this is a good opportunity for Bochamp and he didn't really take advantage of it. So that's a bummer. Um, and I I usually am not giving out one kegs to guys who play limited minutes, but I, I had to mention that because I thought it was a, kind of he had the opportunity that Mamu did and he didn't take advantage of it. He could have easily been out there for 13 minutes, but they gave more of the minutes to Wes Matthews, who really wasn't that great either. But I still, Wes with his defense, he ended up with six rebounds. So that's that's good. And he, they were plus 15 out, out on the floor with Wes Matthews. So it's hard to be like, oh yeah, Wes Matthews, one keg and, and stuff like that. But we'll just hopefully, you know, things will things will get better with Bochamp and maybe it gets a little more confidence and maybe gets another opportunity tonight against the Clippers depending on what they do with rest. Part of the reason why Mitch and I did not do a podcast last night, part of the reason why the podcast is this morning is because 
I was at the UWM basketball game last night. I sat courtside for their game against Detroit. It was a very entertaining basketball game. My first time on courtside, no matter the the team, uh, which was really fun to watch. Like it was really fun to watch like everybody that close. Um, you, I didn't really get in any altercations, if you will, with the uh, Detroit players or or the refs or anything like that. I was actually trying to be pretty calm. As I had a few more Miller Lights, I was a little less calm about it. Uh, got into the game because the game was, you know, just an electric factory. Uh, it was 50 to 31. Milwaukee was leading at halftime. Kind of looked like, you know, they had full control here. And then Detroit came back. Detroit hit a bunch of shots. Antoine Davis, who is the, I think he's right around Pete Maravich's record for the best scorer in all of the NCAA. Uh, he had 12 points at halftime. He finished with 38. Uh, just went on an absolute tear in that second half. Uh, and Detroit, you know, kept pushing, pushing. Ended up Milwaukee. Just had a few, few more, few more possessions, and were able to pull it out. But it was an absolute ref show uh, down the stretch. Uh, it was so bad. There were some guys behind us just giving it to the refs. Like I think that was the cool thing to see. Uh, there are just some passionate. Milwaukee fans. I have a friend, Henny, who, you know, goes to every game and he's he's very passionate about Panther basketball and we'll we'll kind of bust balls about Marquette and, and UWM every now and again. But it, to see other people, you know, it's not just him. Uh, it was really it's really fun. Like that was it was really cool to see and really cool to see that there is a contingent of people that support, you know, Milwaukee basketball, whether it's their alums, whether, you know, it's just that they don't want to cheer for Wisconsin or Marquette or they cheer for both and but Milwaukee tickets are cheaper which I, I, you know, I get that, right? I, I get that's how you can, you know, develop fandom. And I do think that, you know, more people should want to check out Milwaukee. They they play a really fun brand of basketball. Like it's it's up and down. It, you know, it, it's, you know, their dunks, their three-pointers. Like it's not like slow it down Rob Jeter style. Like it is not your older brother's Milwaukee basketball team. And I, I do think like it's it's definitely worth the, worth the adventure, right? Uh, is the Mecca dump? Yeah, I mean it's an old ass stadium. It's not. It's not where if I serve. It's not even where the Bradley Center was. Like, there's a reason the Bucks left the Mecca years ago. But still, it's it's good enough for government work. Let's just put it that way. And I, BJ Freeman is really fun to watch. Um, I would not be surprised if BJ Freeman's playing. You know, in a power conference team next year. If I'm Greg Gard, I you know. It, team that desperately needs scoring that desperately would maybe need an infusion of a guy like BJ like I would be recruiting him already uh Marquette's over on guys I don't know if he would fit in exactly with Marquette but still the the thought process remains the same like I just I look at that kid and I'm like I don't know if he's a he's gonna be in the horizon next year I I hate to say that uh for you know UWM fans but BJ is really talented uh, he's a really good player and I was impressed I was very impressed with him, and there's a reason why you know he'll be in the running for Horizon League Player of the Year. I don't know if he'll get it, but certainly a first-teamer uh, in that. Another observation I had from the game was how lazy Mike Davis is. So Mike Davis, former coach of Indiana and Texas Southern, uh, his son Antoine plays on Detroit. Uh, so it's very interesting that Detroit has this like times two, like Roy McCallum was another guy, or Ray McCallum, his son played on the team, his son was a McDonald's All-American, uh, so he coached the team, I think, before Mike Davis, I'd have to fact check that, but anyways, uh, Detroit and Mike Davis, it, Mike Davis is just cashing checks, like, he's a mail-time, like, aficionado, he was sitting on the bench the entire game, 
He was not standing up. He was not really directing all of his assists. He was just laying back there, you know, had his legs crossed, just chilling. He got up for the last two minutes and then he was like on a knee. So I, I don't know. I was like, a part of me was like, yeah, it looks like he's mailing in. But another part of me was like, I wonder if he has, I wonder if he has like back issues. Like he's a bigger dude at 62. So it's very possible that all the years of, you know, standing up and doing that, you know, kind of led to him having, you know, back issues or something else going on where he can't really stand for as long. But it, it did seem like Mike Davis, you know, wasn't that engaged until the very end of the game. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe that's me projecting. But yeah, it seemed like like Mike, uh, Mike Davis was a male time champ. So uh, that that was interesting. Uh, it, what else was interesting? Yeah, they had a uh, they had a good suit section. Uh, they seemed like the fans were into it too. Like it wasn't it wasn't just they were there just because they had a they had a rowdy crowd, and that's that's nice. That's all you want. And I think yeah, the crowd was at full tilt when there were flagrants handed out and it became really physical at the end of that game. But you know, we have found a way to win. Nearly had just an awful. Awful bad beat at the end. UWM was favored by two. Uh, I was like, at halftime, you're like, oh man, I should have just loaded up the Brinks truck on this. And then Detroit comes back and you're like, oh, okay, I jinxed this and everything like that. And it is, you know, 94 89. Uh, Detroit had, I think, two or three shots at, at a three pointer to at least push the spread. And the last one with one second left, the guy, it went in and out, I think, like, like it was halfway down and it somehow missed. And spread covered and everyone was happy. But man, oh man, that was near like all-time bad beat. Like all-time bad beat. Uh, also uh, was by, by some celebrities, no big deal. David Gruber was right in front of me. Uh, we nearly sat in David Gruber's seats. We're like, hey, Gruber's not coming to this, uh, which would have been very funny because my buddy Murph, God bless his heart, got us the tickets. Uh, he, there were only four court side. We had five guys, uh, which like, I mean, that, uh, talk about a Murph move. Um, he was just willingly assuming that no one was going to be there. Of course, there were people there. He's like, oh, we can take Gruber's seats. And then Gruber ended up filling up his seats, not only with himself and his wife, but also, I believe, Joe Tucker and somebody else from uh, former UWM days, uh, which it's like, it's like, okay, like Groove's, Groove's just has nothing better to do. Like he's feeding for basketball because he doesn't have the box this week. Um, and I think, I don't know if he has Marquette tickets, um, but the Marquette obviously not in town this week as well. So he's like, I got it out to a basketball game. So here, you know, show face, like obviously Groove's sponsoring, you know, you can't not, not sponsor a, uh, uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee-based team, but yeah, the groups groups was in the building, uh, but I did not say hi or anything. Um, I told my wife I was front of him. She like get the sponsor to the keg. I'm like, ah, probably should. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was an awesome time. It was a lot of fun, and they play Oakland tomorrow. Uh, in it, also at the Mecca, I think that game's like a one o'clock start. So if you you know nothing better to do and want want to get down down to the city, like yeah, check out check out the UWM Panthers taking on. Uh, Oakland. Let me check if that game is at one o'clock. That's usually when the Horizon plays. Let's see here. So play Oakland. That oh, actually six o'clock. So it it is a it is a night game. I was wrong. So we got an early night game. You can check that out. Then go out. You know, tear up the city on on Saturday night. And have that going for you. Marquette's also in action against Georgetown. Uh, that game's eleven o'clock on FS1. Uh, I think it's just kind of what we talked about with the Bucks and the Lakers. Like don't play with your food. 
Like Marquette just needs to go out there, stay focused. They lost a good bounce back game. They've they've done well after losses. They've bounced back really nicely. So you just hope that that's going to happen. Georgetown's playing a little bit better basketball. Um, I don't think that they are you know in a case where Georgetown could beat them. But I, I do think Georgetown's you know playing a little bit better than what they were in early January when Marquette played them and beat them by 22 points with an awesome second half. But yeah, after every Marquette loss, you know they bounce back. Uh, they lost to Purdue. They destroyed LIU. Now LIU is a really bad basketball team, but still, Georgia you know lost to Mississippi State, bounced back, blew out Georgia Tech, lost to uh, Wisconsin. Kind of blew out North Carolina Central. Like they had a big lead, and then then the second half was brutal, and North Carolina Central kind of came back. Uh, lost to Providence, blew out Seton Hall, uh, lost to Xavier. Did you know was in control against Providence um, at home? So I, I would expect Marquette to you know take care of business in Georgetown, and you know not really have any stress here. I do understand though that you know Xavier's looming on Wednesday and there is a potential of a look ahead. So I just hope that that doesn't happen for, for the Golden Eagles. As for Wisconsin, they will be in action Saturday against Nebraska. It is on the road. It is a must-win game for the, the Badgers. They play at three o'clock. So really, if you're a fan of all of these teams, what you could do is you could watch Marquette at 11, you could watch the Badgers at three, and then you could go to the UWM game at six. It might be on ESPN Plus. You might still be able to watch if you aren't able to get to the game. But Wisconsin at Nebraska, yeah, you can't slip up there. That is a must not, you know, you can't lose that game. If the Badgers were to win that game, it'd be their first winning streak of the Big Ten Conference play, or no, take that back. They had a winning streak, you know, when they were 2-0 and uh, on the year when they beat Maryland and Iowa, but it'd be the first time the Badgers have won consecutive games since December 30th and the 3rd of January. So it would be some positive momentum heading into a long stretch at home. They haven't been that good at home, uh, which is an interesting, and I think if we did more Badger content, that would be a, a topic about why why the Cole Center has not been what the Cole Center used to be and how do, how do the Badger get that back? I think that is a major thing that Chris McIntosh needs to look into is how do we, you know, how do we make the Cole Center, you know, a tough environment again? Uh, because it, it has definitely slipped from that sort of precipice. But yeah, uh, I know that they're trying to plan a blackout for a Valentine's Day game against Michigan. But yeah, that and that, those will all be big games for Wisconsin down the stretch. But that they do have this opportunity now to launch themselves and have a win against Nebraska and then the rest of the way they're at home, uh, except for an away game against Michigan a few Sundays down the road. But yeah, that's it's a really, really good opportunity for the Badgers. And we'll just sort of see if they take advantage of, of their Nebraska game. All right, and oh yeah, the Super Bowl, of course, on the weekend. Uh, as we said uh, on the podcast on Monday, which I'll link out this week since we're uh, right at the precipice of the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, I, I really like the under as well. I'm sure there are props I like as well. But though, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and we'll we'll recap everything Super Bowl um, on Monday's show. You know, at the tail end again. We'll talk. We'll talk Wisconsin sports first, and then we'll we'll pivot to the Super Bowl to end the show. So speaking of Wisconsin sports, uh, let's do this announcement real quick. Uh, again, I went long. I was like, oh, 30 minutes. It's 39. Uh, so here's my here's my announcement. I'll just keep it quick. Uh, I'm gonna talk more about it another time, but we're gonna transition from Tabby the Keg Sports to Tabby the Keg Wisconsin. Um, 
Reason why we're doing that um, is number one, visibility. Um, when we're on social, I want people to know like that I am a Wisconsin-based uh, you know, content creation, podcast, the whole thing. Uh, that's number one. Number two is I just think it's, you know, it, it, it helps. Yeah, I, I mean, that's really the biggest reason is visibility. It's that that's that's the one. And I still think I'm gonna go with Daily Tap for a while. I was like, well, if we're doing four four shows, not five shows, is that really daily? Um, you could argue it isn't, but I, I still think it's giving you guys the news of the day. Uh, so we're going to stay with Daily Tap. Um, if we have to do a Friday show or like a fifth show of the week, try to get one as like, we'll call it mini keg and it'd be 20 to 30 minutes and not necessarily be as long. Um, I'm still working on that because I like to talk. And so I've gotten comfortable now, you know, talking 40 to 50 minutes by myself and not really, not really caring about it. But yeah, so it's going to be a process, right? I, I kind of want to look at a new logo. Uh, I kind of want to, you know, make sure that all of our socials and, you know, the podcast stuff. So I have a big to-do list, but hopefully by the 500th episode of the Tapping the Keg podcast, we are, you know, now Tapping the Keg Wisconsin and it's not just Milwaukee. And that's like my logo is Milwaukee's colors, uh, but I, I want to be, you know, Wisconsin because we have the Packers, we have the Bucks, we have the Brewers. That's not, they aren't just Milwaukee teams. They are Wisconsin teams. And I want to be a, a voice for the state of Wisconsin. And I want, I want to have more people, you know, interact. And it's been done, done some good stuff in that. And I think we, we've done a good job, you know, continuing to play into conversations and just more to come there. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, I love where it's headed. Uh, I think this is a, you know, heading in the positive direction and, uh, we'll, we'll have more, we'll have more on this as, you know, I start to figure out what's, what's all needed. Have a good Friday. Stay safe. If you're doing Valentine's Day this weekend, enjoy that. If you have a big Super Bowl thing, enjoy all the good food. Uh, maybe try to get a workout in uh, on Sunday afternoon. That's what I'm going to do for sure. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Bucks buyout guys. We'll maybe talk about Aaron Jones' comments about Jordan Love. Didn't get to it today. Um, certainly could talk about it after after that. And we'll certainly talk about the Super Bowl. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.